And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. I'm a man. I'm 40. You know, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and they fit you with a big old nice pair of milk bone underwear. I'm going to come right back at them. You never see a team play harder than we will the rest of this season. God bless. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Fantasy Guides podcast brought to you by ShopFantasyGuides.com. This is our Wednesday Debbie Rookie Watch edition of the pod where we talk about college football scores and news and any Debbie and Dynasty players you need to know about. And of course, Stephen, we got to kick off the episode each week with the nepotism watch in Iowa. Uh, (laughs) Iowa Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got my... You got your sheet out? Okay, so we had... uh, I turned it into a coaster. Hold on. (laughs) So Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator at Iowa, will be fired at the end of the season if they score less than 24 points a game. Uh, They ended up beating Michigan State 26 to 16. So that's over that 25 mark, not by a lot. (laughs) And Steven's trying to keep track, but. I've got 24 to 20, 20, 41 to 10, 31 to nothing, 26 to 16. That's right. Now, do you know which one of those are Iowa's? Points? Oh, wait, wait. Was the thirty? Was the thirty? Wait, I've been doing it wrong. Thirty-one. That was against Penn State. They didn't score any, right? That was. They were the zero, not the thirty-one. Yeah. You gotta, what you what were sure they this you, week? They were the twenty-six, not the sixteen. Okay. So they so did. 26. They did win a game. Michigan State is uh, not good this year. They, they hold just on. Fired I got a circle. Coach, so. You know what? I fixed the glitch. Just I'm going to circle. The ones that are oh, Iowa. Steven. See, the part that's funny for me is I already do the math ahead of time. I have it all ready to go, but then I have to wait for Steven to, to do the math. <laughs> but I want my own. Listen, I got to learn. Okay. Now, did he <laughs> score? T- did they win week one? Yes. Yeah. They're four they got and one. 24 points. Okay. Yeah. Right. They're four and one. They, they, they well, got they, 24, they... 20, hey. 41. Is he involved? Here's what I want to know. Is he at all involved with the tight ends? Well, how much influence does he have on the tight ends? Because they yeah, he, are a tight end producing factory over there. Yeah, he is. Uh, he was a center for his dad, so I believe he coaches the offensive line. Uh, let's let's. We need to know who the Iowa tight end coach <laughs> at this point, don't we? Like this guy needs to be like hired in the NFL next year. Mm-hmm. Abdul Hodge. I wouldn't have picked that out out of. Oh no! In his first season at Iowa, he coached Sam Laporta. I don't know. No, we need to know who. Like, we need to go back. No, further back. There's, yeah. there's, there's a guy that's living in the cornfields that, yep. you know, doesn't say a lot. He probably doesn't doesn't have a lot of commentary, but he just knows. He does the thing where he sticks his hand in the dirt, does like one of these, you know, <laughs> for those yeah. that can't see it, <laughs> that are just listening to yeah. the audio. Uh, he. He's just a whisperer, and he knows how to grow tight ends. Dude, for reals, it's crazy. It just keeps happening. Sam Laporta is doing that as well. So speaking of players coming up, uh, we try and kind of touch on some big-time players. Caleb Williams, good Lord. I I watched this entire game against CU, uh, threw for 403 yards and six touchdowns. It looked like USC was just going to blow Colorado out. Colorado showed a lot of fight, Case. Did you get to watch some of that game? Yeah, I watched all of it. Yeah. And uh, that was a great game to watch. At, you know, at the beginning, you thought, ah, oh, here we go again. And in the second half, I, did they even – they scored once in the second half, right, USC? I think they, they scored, scored 14, 14 in the third, and then it was, okay. much, it was pretty much CU from then on. 
What was really frustrating is the last drive of the game for CU. That was frustrating to watch. Well, and and extremely frustrating because what that coordinator is known for is how fast he goes. (laughs) Yeah. He he ran the entire game. He runs a two minute offense until the two minute offense. That was a really you know, maybe interesting he's just trying to, Maybe he outcoached himself. Maybe he was like, "They're not going to expect this. They'll never expect two draws in a row." Oh man, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't work out well. Uh, they could have maybe got another possession out of it, um, and it ended up coming down to an onside kick, which they didn't get. But guys, I got to be honest. I I thought they were just going to be boat race, just like they were against Oregon. So the fact that they made that comeback, they made it exciting for our family to watch. And and ev- each time, Omari and Miller now is is the other guy that these they keep having these players just have monster games. They are freshmen or sophomores. You know these they're so young. They're just going to continue to improve. So that was a really fun game to watch. Uh, Steven, you got a question? Yeah, thank you for acknowledging me, Jesse. Um, <laughs> do they not do foot college football the same way? the the NFL does why I coach flag football in the mornings, Jesse, I can't watch any of these CU games unless I need the midnight game. Like we had a few weeks ago (laughs) because all these other games are happening at 10 AM and I'm coaching Kiefer and flag football. And I'm, I'm bummed because I want to watch more of this. I don't want to miss. Hold on a sec. So, so you were selling me on the YouTube TV thing, but you can't record. I I don't do that, Jesse. That's oh come on! I don't do that. You gotta. No. I need to, him. No. See, I need to know though because that that four square box thing, the supercast thing. I mean, I love that. So if you if you can actually record on YouTube TV, I I might be making a switch. Jesse, you're talking to a guy who I I make a living on my phone. That's how I make my, like I'm always Instant on my phone. Gratification. I yeah. can't I can't turn the phone off and go. Not like la 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 da da da. I don't want to hear. I th- that's just that can't happen with what I do. So I want to be able to watch it live. I can't watch it after the fact. It is odd to have a West Coast game start that early. We're yeah, yeah. like I, that's why we're in the that's why we're it's the last year in the Pac-12. Come on, give us these like late night games. Like well, I, I don't always think we're wa- quite. We're not quite the West Coast case. We're we're mountain. We're, yeah, but I mean, we're not we're 10 a.m. We shouldn't be 10 a.m. <laughs> 10 a.m. is too early, people. Uh, all right. Some other games here. The Michigan Wolverines. I made a prediction that they would blow out Nebraska, and they did, 45 to seven. So if anybody bet on that game, they would have won some money. JJ McCarthy, Blake Corum, and Roman Wilson. I also said they'd all have huge games, and they all had huge games. Roman Wilson. Uh, Hawaiian kid. I think he's going to run maybe the fastest 40 of any wide receiver. So uh, we can all talk about him in the off season. JJ McCarthy, the way that quarterbacks are going, he'll probably just go back to school. But if he does come out, I think he's going to be in consideration for a high pick. And then Blake Corum is my favorite running back. I mean, I, I'm really surprised how good he looks coming off of a knee injury at the end of last year. I, I think he's my number one right now. Um, I haven't seen anything to take me off of him. He is little, he's short, but he's thick. So he'll hit Casey's BMI thing. So there you go, Casey. <laughs> although, although we have talked about maybe revisiting some of these uh, commandments and things like that. Yeah, they need um, a revisit case, seriously. <laughs> Devin A. Chang. The Texas Longhorns guys might be the best team in the nation. I've I've seen rankings where they have them number one because Georgia did not look very good. They Georgia ended up winning against Auburn, but it was tied like in the fourth quarter against the Auburn team that's kind of rebuilding. 
So I've seen people moving Texas into their number one spot. They had number 24, Kansas, and I had predicted that Kansas would keep this game close. I think it was a 17 and a half point spread. And I was like, I think, I think Kansas can keep it within that. Texas just blew them out. Um, also, Jalen Daniels, the Kansas starting quarterback, was out of this game. So that man, that was a huge part of it as well. But Quinn Ewers, we've talked about him. Um, Jonathan Brooks is a running back. He's the the Bijan Robinson's replacement. He had 21 carries for 218 yards and two touchdowns. So they just kind of reloaded there. And they have several receivers that look good. Um, Steven, you're gonna get us some you need to talk to Nick Nick. We need to get down and see a game, man. I would. No, that Austin's such a Jamie's actually going to Austin, I think, in like a week or two here. And I'm super jealous because Fun city, really fun city. I got to go there in June this year, spend a week with Nick Nick down in uh, Austin. Yeah, we need to get you down there too because it's, we'll go there. The, the summer's fun there. It's so hot there. They got the lake. I recommend summer. All right, let's do it. I, I just think I want to go to a game, man. I want to. That's I wanna, true. Well, hell, the there's some horns. It's probably still summer there right now. Their summer yeah, goes until like, exactly. like, like till the end of October. So, exactly. Um, Michael Penix and Bo Nix Jr. both looked great again in wins. Washington beat Arizona. Oregon beat Stanford. Another big game was Notre Dame was at Duke. That was the college game day crew was there. So Notre Dame two weeks in a row was, was they were the home team for college game day. And then they were the way team. Uh, I had predicted the under for this game and I ended up getting that right. Uh, it was kind of a defensive showdown and Sam Hartman ended up kind of guiding them to a victory against a very, very good Duke team. Kind of crazy um, that they have turned it around that quickly under their head coach. And a lot of people are talking about him. Mike Elko is his name, maybe being the next coach at Michigan State. So Michigan State now with a head coaching vacancy, Mike Elko maybe takes over there. But Riley Leonard, uh, another one of those kind of first round quarterback. Everybody adds those tags. Uh, You had Sam Hartman and Riley Leonard in the same game. Riley Leonard actually got knocked. He got hurt. I think it was on like the last play of the game. I haven't heard how bad the injury is, but hope he's okay. Um, another one I was a little bit surprised by is Ole Miss ended up upsetting LSU at home. They beat them 55 to 49. If you like offense, this was <laughs> a fun game to watch. Um, you guys have heard the name Quinshawn Judkins before. He had been really quiet this whole season, but for Ole Miss, this game he had 33 carries for 177 yards and a touchdown. So he's back on the map now. And I, I am thinking now my favorite receiver, at least one of my, well, besides Marvin Harrison Jr., I think we all know that he's kind of a generational talent. Malik Neighbors is from LSU. Just He, he kind of looks like DK Metcalf to me. Like he just looks bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody. And Steven, I know how you like those big buff wide receivers. That kind of mm. gets you. I just like it when they're bigger, faster, stronger, and live forever. I don't know. Does he... All of the he, boxes get checked with did that. Did you say he has to live forever? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know. Casey, that's a thing too. Live forever. I thought uh, his, what his diet consists of, what the Sour Patch Kids to Gummy Bears ratio was more important for oh. receivers like DK. No, I I, I think D, like DK, he's immortal. Like I want that type of receiver. <laughs> but I, I mean, that's hard to come by. But I'll, I'll take... I don't know, 80% of that. He's in 80% of DK Metcalf. I'll give you, I'll okay. tell you that right now. Um, Oklahoma has looked really good. And I believe we'll get into next week's game, but I think it's the Red River shootout next week with Oklahoma Ooh. and Texas. 
Um, Dylan Gabriel, and we talked about left-handed quarterbacks last week. He's little, he's left-handed. He probably won't be anything big, but you know, you kind of ask me sometimes who's the next Brock Purdy, like a guy that you wouldn't be surprised ends up making it in the NFL. He's just extremely accurate. You know, he, he's a lot like Tua. he's left-handed. He's very, very accurate. He's just mobile enough to move around. So Dylan Gabriel is a quarterback to keep an eye on. They beat Iowa state 50 to 20. They have just been scoring every single week, tons and tons and tons of points. Um, we don't really need to talk about Tennessee over South Carolina. I think Spencer Rattler is officially like not a prospect anymore. I I kind of thought that that might happen, but, um, he just hasn't looked very good. Tennessee beat South Carolina 41 to 20. And, uh, (laughs) I was getting comments from the, the other, this never happens, but you know, Jacob and Andrew and those guys were actually watching college football games and they were watching the Florida Kentucky game. And they were like, who is this R Davis guy? 26 carries, 280 yards, and three touchdowns for Ray Davis at uh, Kentucky against Florida. It's not like he was playing Florida A&M or something. And uh, I I watched a lot of this game, and my comment back to Jacob was like, this is some of the worst tackling (laughs) I have ever seen in my life. I don't want to make an excuse when a guy goes for 280, but I don't know what is going on with the Gators defense. There was one place, Stephen, I need to try and find it because it looked like the guy was running up and like burying his head, like an ostrich in the pile. And then, <laughs> and then Ray Davis just like ran around him. You, you did that on purpose, Jesse, you know, I had the nickname ostrich in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, but it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, the long neck, the, the skinny arms uh-huh, and legs. Uh-huh. Uh, I got a question though. Florida, you said they can't, they, they're not, they suck or their defense isn't good. Their defense in this game was it was some of the worst tackling I've ever seen in a college. Does the game. mountain not play for them anymore? <laughs> no, that guy's in the helmet NFL guy. Now. Yeah, he's in oh, the NFL. Who's he play for? Wait, I don't remember? Does he play for the Lions? <laughs> I don't know because <laughs> I was watching sense. a Lions game and it looked like there was a couple guys that looked like I. What's that guy's name, Jesse? Because I got to know. I don't remember. Um, All right, you keep talking. We'll to, I'm going to we'll have it to up. look it up. Yeah, go find the well, behemoth. It was the worst tackling you've seen since another blue and orange team was trying to tackle last week. The Denver Broncos. I said in a college game, I, okay. I made that. <laughs> I, made, I made that denotion. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think that's kind of does it for this week as far as like headlines and things like that. Uh, crazy stats, anything else. Um, I really am liking this receiver class. I've said that in a few weeks in a row, but uh, we'll see. It just kind of keeps panning out. Uh, going into this next week, it is, it's the red river shootout. I'm sure that's where game day is going to be Oklahoma and Texas. And, oh, and they don't call it the shootout anymore. Now it's just the all state red river rivalry. Uh, uh that makes culture. me, kind of, yeah, it makes me a little bit sad. Um, number 23 LSU is at number 21, Missouri. Um, what else you got, Steven? I'd love this raise the hand feature, Jesse. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. <laughs> uh, no, he still plays for the Gators, the mountain. Oh, he does. Uh, yeah. He's Jesse. He wears an Axiom helmet. He's number 21. Mm. Number 21. And he's enormous. This, okay, oh, this can't be jersey. This, his jersey this can't fit. be right. This what? can't be right. It says he's from Plant City, Florida. He weighs 434 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. He's that, that, character, that character I created at midnight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so this guy. 
they're still they can't ta- they can't stop the run with this guy on the roster. Well, no, six, it, like uh, just run outside the tackle box because nobody <laughs> like they. Uh, run, Steven. Here's but yeah, here's none okay. of these runs. None of these runs were going up the middle. You know, here's just, a, but 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 this is what I picture. I picture on every snap he picks up the center, throws him at the running back to at least throw his footing off or something. You know, but God. I don't know how you get run on with a guy that big and that power. There's, there's a highlight of him picking up a guy and throwing him, but I digress. Well, that Ray Davis guy, he's he's bigger than that other guy, I guess, and and he's faster. Must he be. got to the edge, but must be. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's he's good, but I I think that the rest of the team maybe isn't very good. You got to have ten <laughs> guys on defense. It could be. It could be. I. That's the only guy I know on the roster. So. All right, number 23 LSU is going to number 21 Missouri. So this is a chance for Missouri to kind of put themselves on the map. They're 5-0. and They've kind of quietly gone 5-0. and I guess they did have a crazy, it was like a 61-yard field goal that the kid made against Kansas State I told you guys about. But um, huge game for Missouri, hosting LSU, a, a, a reeling LSU team at 3-2. and two. I think LSU is just better. So I don't, I think the, yeah, the line's six and a half. I think LSU is just a better team. I think they go and they win that game to stay relevant. Um, Florida State hosts Virginia Tech. They're terrible. They're Florida State's favored by 24. You don't really need to tune into that one. Now, we do have uh, undefeated Kentucky going to Georgia. Georgia, it's a 14.5 point line. Um, Georgia really has not looked good except for Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, like, basically single handedly won the game last week. He, he is unbelievable. He's unguardable in at the college level. I just, I know we're all kind of got this Pitts hangover, this Kyle Pitts hangover, but I, I just don't, he looks like everything that Travis Kelsey does. This guy is doing right now. He just, that's what he looks like on the field. He's going to go to the Eagles, well, isn't he? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, I, I don't remember verbatim what you said, but there was a post that we did, which this is my fault. We need to do more of these college posts. I've been meaning to get a template created for it, and I apologize. I have dropped the Here ball. Here we go. Here we go. But Jesse last year said Brock Bowers, I believe you said he was a better, you, you thought he was going to be a better prospect than Kyle Pitts. Now, we don't know if Kyle Pitts is all system. They're just not utilizing him. I think that's what it is. But right now, that doesn't look like a terrible take. People were calling it a terrible take back then. Right now, it looks like probably a good take well as much as what kyle pitts did i don't ever remember remember them handing it off to kyle pitts on jet sweeps i don't i don't remember late in a game kyle pitts winning the game for the gators Mm -hmm. you know i remember him catching a lot of red zone touchdowns kyle trask he didn't throw to anyone else he threw to kyle pitts down in the red zone and so his red zone numbers were extremely inflated. And then he ran a really, really fast 40 at that size. And we all got really excited. I, Brock Bowers, he should be in the Heisman Trophy conversation. I mean, he is that good of a player. Um, so, yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited about a tight end. I, I'm not a big tight end guy, but he's amazing. Um, Notre Dame plays another big game. Okay, Five and one Notre Dame is at number 25 Ellis or Louis, Louisville. Uh, Louisville's un, undefeated. They got a, a good receiver, last name Thrash, that we could check out, but um, that'll be another fun one. Notre Dame seems to play a top 25 team every freaking week, so a little bit wild. And then, yeah, the, the rest of the top 25 teams have kind of yawn games. Uh, USC is hosting Arizona. Oregon State, I, I 
I tried to make a, a bet on the Utah Oregon State game. I was like, I don't know, maybe they'll score a lot of points. I think it was twenty one to seven. I totally missed out on that one. I just do not have a great feel on the Oregon State Beavers and what is going on there. They lose when I think they're going to lose, and then they beat Utah. Um, so they they're right square in the middle of the Pac twelve race, and they're they are at California, a game that they should win pretty easily, I think. But again, I'm not touching them. Washington State and Oregon State. Every time I try and bet on them. I lose. So, <laughs> so Jesse, give us a bet and we'll do the opposite. Jesse, right. who are the Pac-12 teams that are not going to be in a conference? Washington State and Oregon State, the two that I was just talking about. Okay, so where is where's Calgo? Like Oh, maybe so this is another I don't even episode. know. I can't even remember if we talked about this, but Cal and Stanford are joining the ACC now. Yeah, they're Atlantic Coast teams. Hey, aren't Atlantic they supposed to Coast be I, I'm I'm confused here. Aren't they um, pretty environmentalist schools? They are. Well, they are. It's they're academic uh, environmentalist. Are those those go together? Yeah. I I mean, Stanford's logo is a tree. So, I mean, (laughs) I kind of I kind of put them in the environmentalist category. Wouldn't it cost more gas to travel to ACC? Yeah. Curious. No. You know what? (laughs) That that nobody thought of that. Nope. Well, the coaches did because the the coaches are pissed and it's and it's the ones that are pissed that nobody talks about is like the softball team. You know, imagine going to play softball at Cal and your family, they're not they're not making millions of dollars off of your uh, well, not millions. They're not making thousands and thousand dollars uh, off their player likeness. Right. Mm -hmm, Their parents have to pay to fly to florida now to go watch their kid play they have to pay to fly to north carolina the next week you know it just doesn't make a ton of sense um but yeah Jesse, so we know your, your parents would have traveled for you yeah no and they and i'm sure theirs will too <laughs> but they are uh that's that's what's gonna that's who's gonna suffer in this is some of the other programs the smaller programs you know when it does when you when you just completely ignore the geographical piece of it um I don't know. It could be fun. Like I, I, I really, I hated when it was like the big 12 is going to have central Florida in it, but then there was just an amazing game between UCF and Baylor this week that I didn't really care. Cool. It's a big 12 game. It's fun. Let's watch it anyway. So we'll see. I think it all, it'll all work out, but it, you know, it is sad because I think the PAC 12 is also, this is the best the PAC 12 has looked (laughs) in like 10 years, you know, with, with CU doing what it's doing. Um, with Oregon and Washington and USC are all liter- legitimately playoff contending teams. Um, Heisman Trophy candidates on each of those teams as well, on all four of those teams, if you include Shadur Sanders. So it, it is sad to kind of watch that implode. But yeah, Cal and Stanford and SMU, Southern Methodist University, they're in Dallas, Texas. They are all moving to the ACC. You know, it makes lots of sense. That stands for Atlantic Coast Conference. Yeah, this feels like uh, if Jared Goff was um, trying to pick teams for the Atlantic Coast, he'd probably pick a Cal team because that's where the sun. <laughs> he doesn't even know where the sun sets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think that's it for the college update. Uh, again, make sure you tune in on Friday morning. Stephen and I will get on and do the Flex podcast. And I know from experience. Really, really helpful to hear his start-sit advice for the week. And if you have any Devi questions, I have been getting some some trade stuff. Um, some people have been reaching out. 
Uh, I am at Devi Rookie Watch on Instagram. Steven is at Fantasy Guides, and Casey is at NFL Cover Zero. All right, guys, thanks for joining me. Have a good one. Peace. Later.